Welcome to West of the Midwest, a podcast where this brother and sister share our experiences in life and how we grow along the way. Join us as we dive into the mind-blowing differences between the Pacific Northwest and Midwest cultures, people, health, politics, and more. No topic is off limits here. So sit back and relax as we hit the road. Vroom, vroom. Merry Christmas, everyone. A quick advisory of a potential spoiler alert before we start. Approximately 17 minutes into the podcast today, we do discuss jolly old St. Nick. Parents may want to put on headphones during that segment to maintain the little's innocence. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoy the show. Merry Christmas. That was off pitch, but I think it's fine. Mm-hmm. Oh, wish I had some rumple mints in this coffee. What's rumple mints? Like a minty, pepperminty uh, alcohol. Is this still a sound test? No, we're on. We're live. Oh, yes. We're I'm soft. loving this. Okay. <laughs> well, I do have a little bit of uh, Irish cream and a little bit of tequila. I made espresso martini and put it in a mug. Oh, yeah. Well, actually, it's a cold brew martini, but I think it's fine. Double the caffeine. <laughs> so you got a Christmas tree in the background there? Uh, yeah, this is the first year. I've always dreamed of having a Christmas tree in our bedroom. Just oh, okay. waking up to the beautiful Christmas lights. And I just pulled the trigger this year. So Home Depot had this sale where it was like a $50 tree and it was only going for a certain amount of time. And they were, they sold out in like a couple hours. And Josh and I had been walking through Home Depot one night and there was like this box behind other boxes. And I was like, what the heck is that? It was the $50 tree, this sucker. And I got it. I was like, we can't say no to this. <laughs> Just move that grocery budget over. Just move the furniture out of the way. Yeah, just we're just going to take $50 off the grocery budget and put it towards Christmas. Oh, so, good. how are you? Feeling good. Feeling better now that I don't have the flu. I feel like this last few weeks, more people have been sick than like even when like COVID was like the biggest thing and everybody was coming down with COVID. Or if even if this is like another strain of it, it just hit a different way. It it was wild. COVID was, I would, compared to the flu I had, COVID was fine. Like, I would yes. rather have COVID, honestly. <laughs> I was preemptively taking a lot of things because Titus works at a restaurant with Bad B Coffee. I'm in a lot of restaurants and bars, so I was around a lot of people. And so <laughs> I, I went and got my IV, uh, like Myers cocktail with extra vitamins, when a bunch of people we knew had COVID. I started ivermectin right away and hydroxychloroquine with tons of supplements. I had two days where I felt like, okay, I might die, but if I do, just take me now because I don't care. <laughs> and then the third day, I was like ready to go, just up and like full of energy. Oh, good. So um, dad, Jeff, actually called me last night because he's coming for Christmas. He'll be here this Wednesday and said, hey, can you schedule me another IV for the day after we land, because I noticed a huge difference when I did it at Thanksgiving. And even a couple weeks later, how good I felt compared to normal. And I said, that's awesome. And every time you do it, it will last longer because you're less depleted. 
So I'm a huge fan of getting those, especially around, I don't want to say flu season. Flu season comes because it gets colder and we start eating a little crappier. The air gets drier. We're inside more and our immune systems are just shot a little bit. So we just need to boost ourselves up because I think in the spring and summer, we spend so much time focusing on like, let's eat healthy, eat the colors of the rainbow. And then wintertime comes and we're like, ooh, cozy food, <laughs> you know? I can't wait for the Christmas food. I'm excited. I know, but I think that extra dose of carbs and sugar is what lowers our immune system. <laughs> and our body's like, whoa. <laughs> well, so. you know, pumpkin spice is over. Now it's to peppermint bark. And, and uh, oh, what's my favorite? Uh, last year, I think we did a um, like a honey ham or something. It's really good. Mm. Wait, you know, for like Christmas? Honey mustard. Well, around Christmas time, like had like the, honey mustard. The one I made or your wife made one? I think I had it at work. Oh, okay. It was delicious. So you're hosting Christmas this year? Uh, I'm helping. Shelby's doing most of it. <laughs> well, that's usually that's yes. but I'm here to support in any way I can and the kids and I'll, you know, make sure the house is clean and ready and presentable for all the guests to enjoy. So for those who don't know, we we kind of decided I don't really know how this happened. We didn't have like a conversation. Shelby and I just kind of worked it out that since you guys moved here, we would rotate holidays. So last year I did the our Christmas and Shelby and you guys did Thanksgiving and then this year it got swapped. So I'm kind of looking forward actually to, oh, I'm, I just get to show up and it's fun to see how each person hosts and, you know, of course we all help each other out, but it's nice and relaxing to not be the big host for every holiday every year. Mm-hmm. So well, I love it. And Shelby's food is amazing. So Haley's coming to visit. So that would be nice. It's always a fun time to see. I know. Hey. And we're so bummed we don't have the two other nephews here, Christopher and Isaiah. Mm-hmm. Isaiah yep. messaged me last night and said, and I didn't think about this because when Josh and I had moved here, it was just two days before Christmas in 2021. So we really didn't look at it as like we were here for Christmas. So truly our first Christmas here was last year and the boys were here. So I didn't think about this is the first holiday since they were born this year that we didn't have them or weren't with them. Oh, this Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. And even Thanksgiving. And so Isaiah is having a little bit of a hard time. And so is Christopher, which of course makes me super emotional because I'm like, Oh, they're, that's my boys, my nephews. You know, we have so many nieces and nephews, well, two nieces, but all boys. And it's so great to have them all together. So it is a little sad. We won't have them this year, but I'm excited that Haley's going to be here. That would be awesome. Well, I'm thinking I'll put my tablet on and we'll just start a, like a Facebook. Yeah. Or or Google meets. Yeah. Yeah. Something that's not limited to like an hour, like zoom, Um, Yeah, but just have it on. So like in the kitchen, if the people want to jump in, they can jump in and say hi, you know, try to, we'll do that too. So they can see their, get their gifts. We put together a little gift package. Um, both our families did for the boys. So I think that will be fun for them to open and get. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be a lot of fun. So you got some antlers on today. 
We got all dressed up. It's Christmassy today. Oh. I know. I put on my sparkles. I got my nails done. I have to say, <laughs> I haven't had my nails done in two years. And while I do, I do love the talent and the person who did it, having nails is not for me. Like artificial fake nails. I'm not that girl. I tried it so, again. Shelby went with her mom before our vacation. And she went and got the whatever the really nice ones are. Mm-hmm. Whatever they are. So now she goes with her girlfriend and gets them filled in. She really likes them and she never used to, but you know, makes her feel pretty. I'm on board. <laughs> oh, I love that. I, I love so much how I know she's exhausted from working and this being new to the family since she's been wearing 50 million hats as a homemaker and taking care of the household. And now that she's working outside the home, I feel like I see such a different confidence and like exuberance come out of her since she started her job. Mm -hmm. I love it. Yeah. She's, uh, she's writing their training manuals now. Mm -hmm. So she's taking on, you know, some more leadership role there and leading from the bottom, you know, that's incredible. Helping everybody overcome some of the adversity there at work. And there, she's like one of the older ones there. So it's a lot of 20 year olds. Uh, mm. And there's one man that works there in the whole place. I met him. We went to a holiday party, Christmas party on that. I Friday. saw she sent a photo. It was beautiful. So, yeah, I met the one guy that works there because I can kind of bank that if I go to a, something there that I could just talk to all the guys and they none of them work there yeah <laughs> so it's like really fun to to go and um spend time with her her with her work people because she i think her work does a really good job of creating um spaces outside of work for people to build relationships that's amazing i think there's a lot of um value to that and something mm -hmm. that you know i miss it in my work because we just we don't have that in our work so sure um hoping that changes but that's something that i find of um really a lot of value just in general because people should you know want to build community and and get to know each other outside of work in a new way if you know they need help on you know if, hey i'm moving or i need help or, or whatever you know whatever well it's people you spend help. most of your life with yeah your work people so it makes sense to try and have some kind of I'd say intentional relationship with them because you're spending all these hours with them, sometimes more than your own family. And to be able to kind of bring those worlds together. But there are some people who are like, no, I want it very divided. Um, that's not so much the Midwest unless you're in a bigger corporate setting. But I do appreciate that about the smaller businesses here. I do yeah. have a question for you. Here I go. Are you ready? Maybe. Here you go. Have you, have you seen the White House's Christmas video? Nope. Do you have the ability while we're while we're live here, while we're going, to just put it on and take a little gander? Because I want real live, thought out loud feedback from you. All right, here goes White House Christmas video. Yes. So for Is those it the who official video, it's the official video. So for those who maybe don't know, every year the. Uh, wife of the president 
puts together or the administration puts together a holiday video. Last year, Melania did one and it was like a vintage, beautiful through the White House, old school type of thing. This year, it's literally bunnies and clowns and dancers doing weird shit that look like they they took drugs. I, I, I don't understand it. I feel like it's a circus Olay pedophile, minor attracted person situation. Okay, I'm looking. I'm going to YouTube. We'll see what they got. And I understand that's a strong statement to say. But when you've worked in human trafficking or sex trafficking work, and then you see this, there's everything wrong with it. Someone wrote, Hunger Games aesthetic White House Christmas video. All right, let's see the unadulterated version. All right, here we go. Does it need the music? I, no. I'd be able to cue I, the we, could post, we can post a link <laughs> for people to watch. It's so insane. I don't, I don't know if you can, what your yeah. setup is, if you can flip it around for people to see some of this. It is wild. <laughs> uh, a lot of people talking about it. It's inappropriate. Is it? Like inappropriate well, for, for what? That on our show. <laughs> I mean, not, not inappropriate in the sense of like sexualization, although I do believe there are undertones of that. I'm saying for what's going on in the world today, how most families are even trying to figure out how they can afford food for a Christmas meal or Hanukkah or Kwanzaa, whatever holiday belief people have, they're struggling to figure out how to make it extra special to feed their family. And then the White House puts this out. It's like a joke on America. It's like a prank. And the rest of the world is laughing. Like very bizarre. I mean, there's a guy wearing a bunny hat, a bunny face. What? Yeah, this is weird. Like I'm watching this like half twerk nutcracker thing. Oh, so this reminds me of here. Let me see if I can turn this around. Can you see? Mm hmm. All right. So you want the real reaction here? Yes. I want to see your face as you're watching. Uh, What the? (laughs) Um, It reminds me a lot of the Olympic Games productions they put on with a lot of the cultish vibes. Yes. It has so many undertones. The, yeah, just, I mean animal worship and weird i don't know it's just and it literally looks like hunger games i'm watching this dance right now i'm like that is there that's the capital see it's like (laughs) this weird like oh we're friendly look at us with these animal faces inviting the kids in but then also like this very demonic undertone of like a cult that sort of thing like how they're removing statues statues from dc but then they put up a satanic statue yeah, it's. I mean, it reminds me of Hunger Games, and the, where the capital's so far removed from like day to day society, like they pretty much put themselves in this place of just, yeah, exactly what you. Said. So imagine being somebody from another country, and the U.S. is supposed to be this leader of the world, 
and you hear all these things coming out. So I watched this video and I, I did verify this information in Germany. They have videos like how we have for like homeless dogs, like come and adopt this dog or like UNICEF commercials. In Germany, they have that for American kids. Like there's kids going hungry, help them. Oh, they're adopting children from America. Well, no, it's just like, like donate money to, to the kids. So you, you're getting this in other countries. I don't know if it's anywhere else. And then this movie, this promotion comes out from the holidays. And it's just a mockery of everything the U.S. was created for, stands on. And just like the iron stamp of like, yeah, fuck America. We are not who we say we were. Everything about us is... Well, but this does not represent the people's. No, I'm saying what DC is saying. What the capital worships. Yes. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying is like just imagining if that's all because you with the media, you're not seeing. Yeah. yeah, They're not seeing the, the blue collar workers, what our beliefs are. They're just seeing what is put out nationwide. That's what's put out. What's on display. Oh my. I'm like. This is crazy. I'm like, like the longer I watch it, the worse it gets. Like it's not any better. It's like a train wreck (laughs) that you can't look away from. And then you feel so gross after you have to take a shower. I'm turning it off. This is whatever. I can't do it anymore. Yeah. Uh, So we'll have to put an advisory on this. uh, So that parents who have their kids, you know, kids believe in Santa Claus, um, they're not listening to this out loud. I, I have a question for you because it's something I've been kind of working with with some of my friends who have kids who are younger, who also are believers in Christ. And when we grew up as kids, we were told Santa Claus was real and, you know, we believed in Santa or whatever until we didn't. And then when I had Titus, I just knew that was something we weren't going to do when he was the type of kid that wasn't didn't want to believe anyway at four. He said, there's no way a man's coming down on a chimney. Like that's not a real thing with the world, the way it is today. Do you, what are your thoughts about teaching your kids or allowing kids to believe in these fairy tale creatures with how, a, with how the administration as a, global network opposes Christ do we use the I believe in Santa and the Easter Bunny as magical moments for kids so that they have something that is good or do we lean into truth and fact about the greatness of God and the stories we're supposed to be telling about Jesus's goodness man you're opening an onion you realize I know I know I know I do that often um so with Santa specifically, let's just break it down with like Santa Claus. Um, there is uh, this activity where you can be Santa Claus. So you can literally, there's kids that will write to Santa Claus and you can choose to sign up and be Santa Claus and that you're answering to that one child, right? Mm-hmm. Their letter to Santa Claus. So in that instance, you are fulfilling the act of being Santa Claus. And it's an act, as long as you're fulfilling that act, you are Santa Claus. So, like, anytime you give a gift to someone in 
anonymity, you're essentially Santa Claus. You're gifting someone in anonymously something that should bring them love and joy. And that's taking on the persona of Santa Claus. So really anybody who gives a gift uh, in anonymously can be considered to have given that in the spirit of Christmas and in the spirit of Santa Claus. So that being reality, the like intentionally lying to your kids is never a good idea. It, it so sets you up for a lot of distrust later on. There could, yeah, it could definitely hurt your relationship with your children. So in that, you know, if, if a child is questioning, just be honest with them. Like we've never told our kids, but we never t- like didn't tell our kids. Like some choose to believe some choose not to, we never really steered them one way or the other, but we sure didn't lie to them. And that was our personal stance was just that we weren't going to ruin like having fun at Christmas just because, you know, something's not what it seems. Cause there's a lot of things in the world that aren't what they seem. And this one th- yeah. can seem to be, you know, something where it's like, as long as it's in the spirit of Christmas and kind and considerate and joyous, then what, what's harming anyone? Like it's when it becomes a lie and we, we're clearly, t- you know, telling someone that's something that's not true well that's a good chance to damage your relationship with your children but you bring up a another point where you said you brought in hey easter easter bunny okay well let's talk about easter easter was celebrating the the goddess ishtar which was the goddess of fertility which happens to be 10 months before Christmas at the time where they sacrifice babies. So they're like, hey, have a whole bunch of babies so we can sacrifice them at Christmas. Roman Catholic, or Romans came in and decided, okay, these Christians are crazy. We want to try to bring them into the fold with everyone else. So we're going to change what Christianity is, which there was no Christians. They were followers of the way. There was no Christianity. Like Romans created the word Christian. Mm-hmm. Christianity and how we know it today. We have pagans out there that fully understand that Easter and what it meant was Ishtar, which was the goddess of fertility, which was orgies and, you know, sure. and babies. Well, the whole plan was to have a whole bunch of babies so we could sacrifice them at Christmas, which was their holiday. That's their holiday. And Romans came in and tried to cram everybody on the same holidays and said, this is how we're doing it. You know, so you look at the days of the week, Sunday. Well, that's the sun god. That's raw. Right. There's there's all these things that as Christians, if we don't understand it, we're going to come across as very uneducated and very much um, teaching people lies. Right. And that's not good. Like we've got to be able to understand the truth. The truth hasn't been taught to us a lot of times. The church isn't teaching this. Nobody is talking about it. We all know that Jesus was either born in spring or fall. He sure was not born at Christmas. Yeah. But I'm not also not the one to come in and say, hey, we shouldn't celebrate. We shouldn't have Christmas. Like we shouldn't have joy and peace on earth and, and and celebrate our families. Like there's a line there where like knowing the truth and explaining it to someone in a way that makes sense and at least acknowledging the fact that hey, we've we've been, you know, lied to this whole time. Let's understand mm-hmm. the truth of it. Doesn't mean we don't take the time to still celebrate God and what he's done for us. But I, I am not a huge fan of Easter. It's not Passover. Passover is what we're supposed to celebrate. Yep. Easter is a 
freaking bunny, candy bunny right now. And, and it points to um, an idol, an yeah. idol. Right. So like that one, I'm like, no, I will celebrate Passover, but I, I'm not going to overcome everybody's, you know, passion for Christmas. Like people, they just walking around the last couple of weeks, a lot of people are happier. They're finding a lot of celebratory um, vibes in their life. They're really, it's a time of joy for a lot of people. And I'm not here to rob that of anyone. And, and God people. uses everything. So for his greatness. For glory, yep. right? Like, so, but as a Christian, we need to understand these facts. Like, because people that are not Christian and are literally pagan and choose to be pagan, understand all these facts. And they're like, oh, you're insane. You yes. <laughs> they're very educated. I would say that this part of the Western world and Canada included, Christians, Christianity is so different than Christianity in other parts of the world. And we look very uneducated and it's embarrassing. Myself included. I'm still learning. I'm still growing. And every day it's something else. And it takes a lot to say, God, keep my heart soft and not hardened towards this radical mindset of, oh, now I have to shift everything, change everything. And then it takes away from opportunities of glory for God and joy for others who He's like, hey, I'll use every circumstance. So if these people want to come together for Christmas, quote unquote, I'm still there in the midst of that. Let my presence be known. Let my joy be known. Let my love be known. And you can, like you said, still come together as a community and have these moments without saying I'm celebrating this specific moment like Easter. Instead, we choose Passover. Right, because we're literally not sacrificing babies on Christmas, like this is not part of our celebration of Christ, right? Like, well, praise, praise for that. But you know, let's not like <laughs> sugarcoat it and say, "Hey, this is his birthday." I literally tell my kids, "I'm like, this is not his birthday." Just so you know, like, just because the rest of the world says we're celebrating it, I'm celebrating the fact that we're a family, we're together, we're enjoying the holidays, but we're here to give back, like give yeah. back to the the community find people who are in more need than we are and go and serve them sure and don't go and like tell everyone what you did like god literally says like you know give to charity but do it in silence and do don't go and tell the world he says because that's your reward if you do it's not in heaven mm-hmm. it's right there where you just touted your own greatness yeah you're you're better off doing great things in a, in a quiet space and not telling anyone because god's really gonna look at you as yep that's what i told you to do good job you know your accolades are in heaven which i i think we would all do better if we could just make the decision to be intentional about these kind of celebrations we we tend as americans or a western culture to say we have to have these things on a calendar to make us come together so often in other cultures and communities that's a weekly situation where they're like this is important this is priority we're making the time for this because our employment doesn't offer opportunities for that often the culture does not we we have to create these moments a few times a year where we can come together but what if that became the norm where we had our family gatherings once a month and we had this strong sense of community with people, which I think we have more now that we're in the Midwest than we did in Seattle in some ways. But I mean, more as a nation, what, how much healthier of a pulse would we have as a nation if we did that? Yeah. Well, 
So from a cultural standpoint, I'm learning a lot more about Israeli holidays Mm -hmm. because they are the holidays that God calls us to celebrate. And if we don't understand what those holidays are and what they're celebrating, it's hard for us to really, you know, put our heart into being intentional. Yeah. All of those holidays are surrounding a moon calendar for one and the world and it's fallen glory. Um, has decided to worship the sun. And so we have a sun calendar, which means that Passover could be on a Tuesday and everybody's taking Tuesday and Wednesday off and people are looking at them like they're crazy because it's not Saturday and Sunday. You know, so a lot of this, we're going to become, because we are learning to believe what we're supposed to believe and understand why that's important to remember, that the more we do that, the more we stick out. Like we're Mm -hmm. sticking out of the world like a sore thumb, like a light on a hill. Because you can't hide the light because it's different. Mm -hmm. And that's the whole, I think that's really what the world is pushing towards is trying to bring to light all of um, the people that are different. So they can, um, in hopes, I guess, to assimilate those people like the board would or whatever, (laughs) like in in hopes that they can, you know, turn them into... uh, at least trying to point to the other 80%, like, look what they're doing. It's wrong. It's like, well, yeah. we're doing what's right, which is what causes us to look different. The world doesn't like different. I'm trying to teach my kids, hey, differences are to be celebrated. Like, Well, the world doesn't like different now that the different from what we grow up is the norm, which is a really big political statement we don't have to get into, but people <laughs> understand what that means. So they'll celebrate difference as long as it lines up with their narrative. Yeah. <laughs> and and I'll say that our families aren't that narrative, but we also aren't sitting over here bashing and judging and, you know, freaking out because no. other people are doing their thing. Our, our focus is protect our family, protect our kids. Well, and love people and love them where they're at and to stop judging people. Like there's no love in judgment. It's, you know, and you're going to get judged just as harshly as you judge someone. So well, wouldn't you want to be judged less harshly and just not judge other people? <laughs> because, you know, it, it just creates uh, too many barriers. And our, our whole, isn't our whole existence to love other people? Like, mm-hmm. that's, I mean, and the older I get and the more days I go, that go by, the more I'm reminded of that. Just love people and, and love yourself. Like, we weren't it. taught necessarily to love ourselves as kids. Oh, we absolutely weren't like we were, we were raised. It's unintentional. I'll say mom and dad always, you know, they did the Tom Hopkins, like speak positively to yourself in the mirror for affirmations, but we were not raised to just completely embrace and love who we are Yeah, because they weren't. Yeah. And they weren't either. Yeah, they weren't. And so it's, it's interesting to see now, like, you always try and learn good and from the negative of your childhood and whatever narrative you remember. But I had this conversation with somebody uh, the other day when I was getting my nails done. Speaking of like our West to the Midwest theme, the differences between the two and liberal Democrats here versus Seattle and Republicans here versus Seattle and the kind of differences there. And we, I'm not sure how it got brought up. But she had mentioned something about the Trump administration and then Biden. And I 
she had said, oh, I have a lot of friends whose parents are Republican. So I knew where she stood immediately by that statement. But she was so calm in the way she said it. I said, are you are you okay to engage in a conversation where maybe we have different opinions about things, but we can talk? And she was like, oh, absolutely. I said, based on a couple of things you said, it appears that you are anti-gun. And she goes, no, I'm not anti-gun. I don't like them. I think that we should have better education. And I said, agreed. And if you talk to my husband, the first five minutes you talk to him, you would just think he's gun, 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 pro-gun because he's you know building another AR. He's doing all these different things. She goes, yep, that's what I would assume. And then I would just go, I don't want to be around that person. I said, but if you spent time with him, you would understand that in building this gun, he has our son with him learning every single portion of this gun, what the power behind it does, the responsibility in carrying a gun and what it has, and what we need to educate ourselves on. She goes, well, yeah. And then she had made a comment about Trump and some statements he's made about women. And I said, have you thought about the fact that when Trump was president, we weren't at war with any nation and no other nations were at war? She goes, well, no, because he did this, this, and this. And I said, okay, well, Biden is president now and we have wars going on and we have so much need in the U.S., but money's going towards another country. What about that? And she goes, I guess I didn't think about it like that. And I said, okay, so I feel like coming from Seattle, if you're liberal, that is strongly LGBTQ plus also means minor attracted persons. And she goes, what? I said, so do you believe in minor attracted persons? That's okay to identify that way. And she goes, absolutely not. I said, but you just said you were liberal. And as a nation, liberal means the plus and plus is minor attracted persons. And she goes, no, that's not how I feel. I said, so you can see how Every single state is run differently, and liberal and Republican means different things in each state to a different extreme. So this is how globally the nation divides itself by states and even counties. I said, so what are you for Joe Biden? She goes, unfortunately, I voted for him. I wish I didn't. Because if I can have this kind of conversation with more people, I think we would better understand that we really do all kind of want the same thing. And the thing with Palestine and Israel got brought up. And I said, you mentioned rights for Palestinian people. Does that mean that you think Israelis should die or Jewish people should die? She goes, no, I think all innocent people. And I said, well, why did you lean into Palestine? Because if I said something about leaning into Israel, how would you feel about that? She goes, well, then I feel like you're against Palestine. I said, so why can't we just communicate that all innocent lives should be saved and governments need to figure their shit out? She goes, oh, you know what? That is what we should be saying globally. And I said, see how the government tries to divide us. And she was like, wow. I never was able to have this kind of conversation with somebody. And I said, imagine now if we did this on a, on a larger scale where big government's trying to divide us and now we start to unify and wake up and realize the division they're causing, what we could do for our people, all of our people, men, women, children. And it was just the most incredible 
intentional conversation I'd had from somebody who was very opposite of what you would think my core beliefs are, but at the very base of it all, the root, we believe the same things. The narrative was just shifted based on a few personal experiences. And I thought that is the West to Midwest difference on a large scale. Well, and perception is reality, right? Mm -hmm. Perception of what she believed a liberal or conservative stance versus what an entire other population across the country believes to be that stance. And they think they're on the same team. And in reality, they're looking at it here going, that's not what I believe. But you're on their team, right? Quote, mm-hmm. unquote, team, you're, you're claiming them as your team. And half your team over there is, is fine with uh, pedophilia. And, and is that okay? Well, no. Well, that's probably not your team then, right? Well, <laughs> and neither and- of them. So, like, the House, the Senate, let's talk about the, the Capitol, because this is clearly a mm-hmm. theme today. Let's look at the fact that for the last 30 years, we've had lobbyists controlling the country, not mm-hmm. uh, the people. The people are no longer represented. There's a divide, a purposeful divide in the House and Senate to pretty much get nothing done and stand around. And um, now that corporate money has taken over, the corporations are getting what they want. No one else. The corporations are getting all they want. And then that's shifting even now to where you have such a high concentration of wealth in, in so few people's pockets, which has never been since the history of man hasn't ever happened. Mm-hmm. You have this very small group of people who have almost all the money, almost all of it. Like there's, there's like, here's a little bit to shut you up little people, but they have almost all the money, which is now starting to come to this shift in control. Like they really want to control everything, not just, not just, oh, where your kids go to school. It's if your kids go to school. If yep. your kids are even allowed to live to go to school, they're gonna mm-hmm. they're gonna really push to that to that extreme. And there's more people right now than there is that they plan to have alive. Like they want so few people that they can control everything. Um, and that's their that's their plan. They're not even sugarcoating. It's not this agenda is not unknown. They're literally yeah, was it Camilla Harris? This she, is what we're doing. Yeah. She she fully said that we needed to depopulate. And everyone's like, oh, that was an accident. No, she said it. It happened. She's not the only one. Bill no. Gates has said it. He wants to kill everybody. They say it all nice too. They're literally saying we want to kill almost everybody. And they call it culling, and it's disgusting. And humanity, they're trying to train humanity to the point to be so complacent that that humanity essentially allows it. And and they're they're not even covering it up. They are literally admitting to it. They're like, yeah, that's that's what we're yeah. doing. And I'm looking at that going, okay, guys, we gotta we gotta think about that. It's important to think about, right? Like, just not thinking about it and doing nothing is is almost as bad as helping them, right? Because you're But you have to think, like, what is the something you can do that seems overwhelming to most people? Talk like you did to someone and ask questions and get to know them and try to understand where they're coming from. Because you're getting to know the heart of the person instead of arguing a point and a statement that 
has no emotion or person attached to it. Right. And I, I believe that most people at the heart of every issue has compassion and wants to be understood and understand. It's the very few that are these radical, loud voices that just, there's no reasoning. There's no conversation. There's, so it's yeah, been, it's so one-sided, but it's the minority who's looking like the majority because it is. of how it's portrayed in the media. Mm-hmm. And how little uh, truly independent the media is now. It's not independent anymore. I mean, you try to go be a, an actual reporter, they're going to kill you. They're going to figure out a way what? to either kill you or turn you into the conspiracy theorist. You know? well, I think part of it is that for the voices that are not, we'll say, because this is, this is how government portrays it, the liberal voice. Anything that goes against that narrative right now tends to be more silenced. And, I'll, and even on the other side, when Trump was in, in that administration, liberals felt like they were silenced and Republicans or you know conservatives felt like they had more of a voice. It goes extreme both ways. The pendulum overcorrects and it never fully balances out. Then you have people, and I will say this as a disclaimer, I do not agree with everything Andrew Tate does or says. What I will say is it is interesting to me, the people like him of the world, when things happen and he will predict them, this is going to happen to me because these are the things I'm saying. Okay, goes to jail. They can't find anything. He finally gets out. He has to move out of the U.S. because of situations that are happening. He interviews and says these big statements that you know, they try to silence him. The, the government, our government administration tries to silence him and the media tries to silence him. They find out that doesn't work. Same as like Joe Rogan. So Spotify is like, yep, we'll give you an unlimited platform. Andrew Tate now is on a different platform that's like, oh yeah, you can say and do whatever because we're not going to censor. We don't believe in censorship either way. Even if it's opposite of what Andrew Tate would say, this platform says we'll still support whoever. That is becoming more the norm, but you have to have such a loud voice and following for a company. And I will say selfishly, the company's like, yep, I'm going to say this is okay because then now my company's name is out there. Fine, perfect, do your business. That is still exhausting for people because they go, oh, if I'm not this person, what I say doesn't really matter. And then they silence themselves. When if you became the majority of people that stood up, the voice would be louder. And so that's kind of to your point of like, if it's not following this narrative, the, the minority sounds like the majority. Right. Which is, it's how they've built the system. And it's unfortunate, like, like how we started with this holiday video. I went into Titus's school and I see Christmas decorations everywhere and I go, wow, this is so cool because in Seattle, we wouldn't be allowed to have Christmas decorations. And she goes, these aren't Christmas decorations, they're holiday decorations. I said, okay, but for what holiday? And she goes, well, we can't say. (laughs) And I go, so it's a holiday decoration, but you can't tell me what holiday it's for? I said, do you not see the problem here with this conversation? And she was like, is there something I can help you with? I was like, no, I'm good. (laughs) Like, there it is. Like, what have we come to that we can't just celebrate all those things? And if someone wants to be a a witch and wants to celebrate their witchcraft, 
Do your thing, boo. I know I'm not going to be touched by that. So why are you so offended by my belief in Christ? People celebrate Ramadan and people, you know, celebrate all kinds of events. Oktoberfest is celebrated. It's literally like a national holiday. (laughs) It's international. I know. (laughs) People are being celebratory. Why, Why come against? Why be so politically correct that now you can't even talk? Like, are you kidding me? (laughs) <laughs> yeah. And more people should, you're right. So more people should ask the tough questions. Um, like, so swing back to the, the gun thing. Like a lot of people I believe that are anti-gun are anti-ignorance, right? Like if we were back in the fifties and sixties, kids literally had 22s in their trucks mm-hmm. ready to go right after school and go shoot some games so they can eat dinner. Mm-hmm. Right. It's I mean, and they all were educated. Not one of them was going to go out and hurt each other intentionally. They felt empowered to provide for their families. And we've moved away as a nation from even t- putting people through gun education courses. Like, why? Why? Why is this not everyone being trained? Why is you have co- you have countries that on all sides of the spectrum, training their people to be responsible around firearms. And whether yeah. they own them or not, it doesn't matter. They require their citizenry to be responsible and know how they work. Right? There's kids in China. safe space yes. for children because the children are empowered and know what to do if they mm-hmm. find themselves in a situation with a firearm. Kevin Costner just did a... I don't know what event it was for, but he was speaking, and I I'm assume it was because of Yellowstone. Oh, I did um, something about Yellowstone. And he talked about when he was a kid, and he was like, you know, I'm not saying that the right thing was my parents never locked up guns, but there's a part of me that says, I'm glad they didn't because I respected and understood what it was. I grew up in a time where that was something to be respected and feared in the correct way, that you knew the power behind it. You also learned about it. You used it. There wasn't, and I'm, I'm going to say it because it is mental illness is mental illness. People who are going around doing all these shootings and different things is mental illness, disease, lack of education, this entitled attitude of if I, I didn't get what I want, so now I'm going to go take care of it myself in this very violent way that comes from a privilege. And well, that and, is and the RX community, right? Like, yeah, the the medical community who's decided we're going to feed drugs to people who are sick, even though the side effects of these drugs are worse than what they have. And we'll just see what happens. Like, they, mm-hmm. you know, let's just experiment on them. It's, and then you blame it on the weapon. Blame the weapon. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that's interesting because. You blame alcohol for a drunk driver, you blame the weapon on somebody shooting, but there's no accountability to the actual person. Right. Why aren't we saying the car's the weapon? Nobody's trying to remove cars from the streets if there's drunk drivers out. Yeah, They're blaming make, the person. You make a really good point. I never heard so, it that way. Yeah. And that's how I feel like, oh, okay, so we're just going to say it's that person's fault if they're drunk driving, but it's the gun's fault if somebody shoots somebody out of con like out of 
where guns are supposed to be used, what they're meant for, are freedoms and food. Freedoms and self-defense and food. Yeah. Sustenance, right? Like, but and but we're not going to remove cars. In an event where you have an active shooter, the best defense from that active shooter is trained people who carry that are normal people in the public. Not yep, the civilians. Mili- ex-military, mm-hmm. not police officers, not, you know, it's typically your civilian. It's probably a hunter. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of times they're a hunter and they want to protect their kids. Well, what they're doing is they're protecting the society around them in these yep. events. Like they are the number one defense that we have. We have to make sure we have more. Sure. Yeah. So that's that's kind of how I, I when I have these conversations with people who are so hard anti-gun and I go, OK, well, are you anti-car? Well, no. Well, people are drunk driving all the time and now the vehicle is a weapon. So don't go in your car. Right. But we should get cars off the road. We need no cars. You know, that's to me, that's a very basic, like, factual, this is how ridiculous that sounds. Yeah. You went through driver's ed when you were 16 and now you're 40. But every year, have you gone through another class to make sure that you could still drive this weapon? Right. No. So right. why are you on the road? <laughs> oh, geez. Right? Well- so shifting topics real quick, because this one just came up yesterday or day before I got we so we just had what two million cars get recalled. Yeah, Tesla. All of all of Tesla in America has been recalled. Thanks to the FBI. What? The FBI is who started the investigation on this, saying yeah. that the auto drive mechanisms were not consistent and some issues were happening. Now, why is the FBI involved is my question. Yeah, shouldn't it be the, like the federal traffic, the FTC yeah. or whatever, the commission? Yeah. yeah. I, I'm personally not for the auto driving, here. okay? Because the, the robot thing situation scares me. I also see that Elon Musk has caused a lot of ripples and waves in government as of late because of his influence. Oh, yeah. So while I'm all not for Tesla, I will never own one. Why all of a sudden is the FBI involved in recalling these things? It seems a little odd. Well, it's the FBI is a tool, right? It's no longer about protecting the people. It's a tool against the people. Absolutely. Um, why would it be a... Why would there be criminal investigation for an auto manufacturer? That would be weird, right? Like, you're not going to hear about, oh, their FBI is investigating Toyota, you know? But that's what? my point is like, so <laughs> you, you, you look at that, then you look at like how many times Trump has been indicted. That's not working. He's still running for president again. Then you look at Kennedy. He's the only person running for election who doesn't have a security team, even though there's two assassinations that have basically tried to come against him. And the Biden administration has still denied him. And he's the only person running that has ever been denied. Wow, they're trying to kill him. So they found somebody at one of his rallies that what? was in full gear like he was security and military uh police he was a crazy civilian who was planning on killing him and they his personal detail that he had to pay for and hire found this right and so i go yeah i'm absolutely not for these auto driving teslas personally 
but there has to be something else going on for the FBI to be involved. Um, and the comments that Elon has made that is causing a disruption for the agenda of our administration. <laughs> well, um, I saw some of the new AI controlled robots that test was producing to the point where I'm like, yeah, those are going to go to war soon. And like, absolutely. They're going to take over. Like if there's no question in my mind, we imagined Terminator in the eighties and we're literally flying <laughs> faster than we can towards making Terminator happen. So nobody should be in the dark about the fact that all this was already told to us and it's all happening and no one's coming against it to stop it. So it's just going to continue down this path. And we just need to realize that it's not hidden. And then let's do what we can. Right. Cause we're, there's only so much we can do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's the part being action oriented, call to yeah. action for, yeah. for your personal self, for your family, then your community. But first and foremost, the foundation and the security we have in knowing who we are in Jesus. Mm-hmm. There's so much anxiety and stress in the world that going back to, okay, take a breath, like there's nothing new under the sun. Maybe the Bible doesn't talk about all of these things, but God promised so many things for our lives that sometimes we do need to disconnect a little bit to get back to a baseline of understanding who it is that's protecting us at the end of the day and that we're serving so that we can go back to a call to action and kind of recenter ourselves. Cause I, I rabbit hole and you know, this, our followers know this, I will go down a rabbit hole for weeks. (laughs) I can't help it. And I have to kind of pull it back. Whether it's health, politics, something I'm excited about. Part of that's my ADD. <laughs> I, it's just how it is. And and then, like you said, like the Christmas season, maybe we don't celebrate Christmas for what the world says it is, but it's an opportunity for us to all come together. I've spent more time with friends in intentional coffee dates or cocktail hour in the last month than I have in the last few months because it's a season of community. Yeah. And that's fun. And bringing and giving and receiving joy. Yes. And like today. Fun. <laughs> yeah. I'm going and doing a cookie decorating things with a couple girlfriends. And we wouldn't have done that if it wasn't the holidays. Like, oh, do you want to just come over and do cookies? Great. You know, decorate cookies. Like we do try and do dinners. And like you guys have friends over where you'll do like bonfires or you'll have people over for a football oh, game. Oh, oh. Yeah. Which today's game. What time is today's game? Uh, I think it's a noon game. Okay. Yeah. Stuff like that. I think that that's a community builder itself. So taking everything we can that even the world provides like football and turning it into a place where we can grow as families and communities. Yeah. Well, and really deepen the trust in our friends and our friendships and deepen the, the ability for us to even come and present some of the challenges we have to our friends just even to be heard it may Mm -hmm. they even them listening may not fix it they may not be able to do anything about it but just having someone that you feel like hey i want to tell this to someone and and just getting it off your chest is a kind of how we say it right like yeah out a lot of times can 
it no longer has power over you because you've said it and now it's out and you're just like, oh, it's gone. And your friend is yeah. like happy to take it on because they're not taking it on themselves. They just like, yep, let it out, let it out. Let's Absolutely. Talk. I love you, you know, and, and, and without that time to build towards that with somebody, it's hard to, especially as a, a man and someone as a father who feels like, hey, I really need to have this all figured out all the time. Because I, I, people look to me and, and need, you know, me for things. It's like, it's hard for us to go, well, we're human. We're not perfect. We need help. We mm-hmm. need to reach out to other men and get assistance from other men. And and that's hard a lot of times because we were taught to not. That's <laughs> like, just how we were raised. And especially as boys, you're, you're oh, be less of a boy. What? I'm a boy. Celebrate being a boy. Be less of a man. No, I, it's great to be a man. <laughs> So what is the turning point? So in a similar stance, you know, women are taught, like, you carry the burden, you do all the things you do with a smile on your face. Um, Vulnerability is more welcomed, I'd say, as a female, but less received in terms of you're just being emotional. So we just kind of stuff it in. So what is the turning point for you as a male and a father that you say, regardless of how this is received, I'm going to step out and be vulnerable because I know that that gives me growth and opportunity to put my guards down and teach my kids. What is the space in your head that is that switch that says, I, I'm making that choice today? For me personally, it, it really took me asking myself, what do I believe about what God has told me? And taking into account the fact that simply dying, this body dying, Mm-hmm. is not the end like we're we see this world as like so much right this world is fleeting and it's not even here that long and yeah we could be dead tomorrow literally that doesn't end our life like our, our life literally goes on into eternity mm-hmm. forever so taking that eternity perception re- makes me realize wow this small thing i'm dealing with here is is small but to me it's big and it's and it's right now Mm-hmm. I need help now because I may not see tomorrow, but today for me to be silent may cause me to be harming myself in that silence. Well, I don't want to hurt myself. I love myself. So what do I need to do? I need to continue to reach out to my friends and family and let them know, hey, I'm struggling. I'm I'm having this challenge. I'm sorry. Like it's it is what it is. And accept taking that acceptance of that and getting it off your chest is helpful. It's nice to, to be able to talk to people that, and not have, it's a fine line because if you say it to the wrong people, obviously it, it can come back and hurt you. Right. Cause they could hurt you like with whatever information. But right? doesn't that, doesn't that mean you're giving them the power? If, if they're allowed to take up that much space and uh, vulnerability for you to be hurt, are we handing them power in that? Like the reason why I asked this is because we have Christmas coming up and this was our first Thanksgiving without our mom. And for both of us, it was difficult in very different ways. I processed it more after you had, I think because I was hosting, I could separate, you were involved more. And so there was some bigger feelings there. And so I'm trying to think about maybe how I'm going to feel Christmas day because I'm not hosting, I don't have the task of this busyness to take up space in my mind that I'm trying to be better about saying when I'm having a hard time, like, hey, I've hit my capacity, I need a break. 
or this is really hard for me, regardless of how the other person takes it without me dumping my stuff on them. But to say like, even with dad or Jeff say, you know what, I'm so happy to have so-and-so here with you. Um, but I'm really missing mom right now. And I, I've said to him, is that okay to do those things? Because if not, I'll keep it to myself or I'll share it with Brian or Shelby or Josh. And he's like, no, I want to know. It's important for me to know because I want to start taking ownership of the position I want to have in your guys's life. And if you don't give me the opportunity, I can't do that. So I say, okay, well, I'm giving the opportunity. I'm, I want to give you opportunities to show up, but know that I have very little trust in the in your capacity to do so with everything you've had going on. Well, that's and, what I'm saying. The yeah. thing like where I'm offloading is to someone I feel I can trust in these areas to keep confidence and help me. Cause if I'm the crazy person, I want to hear it. I'm being crazy, but I'm not going to just go and tell anybody like what I'm struggling with because there's, that's what I'm saying. When we go through these periods where we've had time with people, gotten to know them, gotten to, just like you said, hang out and bake cookies, like just mm -hmm. take the time to build that relationship with somebody. And then those people that obviously, if we don't have that relationship, try to create that, try to have times where like you're like Christmas, where we're going to come together. We're going to have this short span of time where we get to take time and just really love people and really looking forward to that. I think I just have entered a spot where this radical honesty for me, maybe that's what I need. I had somebody who recently reached out and said, hey, I'd love to get together for coffee and get to know you better. And it's a, somebody who works at one of the restaurants and she's so kind and sweet. And my first reaction was like, yes, I want to do that. And immediately I sent a message and I said, you know what? I've had a lot going on the last six months. My mom has passed away. I'm working through a lot of things. More than likely, I would cancel on you. Or I'd be emotional in the middle of that. I'm not sure that I have the capacity to manage creating or curating a new relationship. But I feel like it's not fair for me or for you if who just reached out to me if I'm not just honest about it. And I was fully expecting her to be like, well, that's too much. <laughs> okay, never mind. And she said, whatever space you need, know that I'm here if you ever need it. I appreciate your honesty because that's so rare. And I personally just went through a year and a half of a lot of growth and personal pain. And to hear somebody say, I don't know that I have the capacity for that, but here I am like, take it or leave it. I'll <laughs> take it. And so I've tried to approach things like that where maybe I'm not oversharing, but I just say, yeah, today is a real shit day. I'm not going to be surface like, oh yeah, today's good. Nope. Today sucks. But here I am and here you are and we're going to do this. I want to do better at doing that more often. Make it a normal conversation to say, I'm not okay, but we can still enjoy this time together because yeah. this community is important. Yeah. Whether they respond or react, I'm now detaching myself from that as an emotion because I'm not dumping on them, but I'm just letting them know like, hey, today's really difficult if I'm not as present as you are hoping for. This is why. And I'm not open to have the conversation about it just yet. Maybe sometime if you want to, but I'm just letting you know. And they're like, oh, okay. So that's why I'm curious, like the difference, like if you were to do that as a male, 
other than to like me or like people that you have on the inner circle, do you, would you feel uncomfortable just being that, that open and vulnerable? Probably. Cause everything I've been taught is be fine. Even if you're not just figure it out. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, be okay regardless. And even if you're not okay, and that's the difference this year over a lot of years is there's times I'm not okay. And a lot of that has to do with the fact I'm processing grief that my mom is not here and I want to call her and I miss her. Yeah. And I want to hear her voice. And so, and it's going to take time to work through that. The, in the morning seems to be the best time, I guess, because I drive to work and I've got zero responsibility on my way to work. And this is the time my body decides, Hey, you're going to grieve now. (laughs) Yeah. Mine's at bedtime. I'm like, okay. (laughs) I guess we're going to do this. So I, I don't <laughs> fight it anymore. I, I was fighting it at first and I just decided, you know, if my body needs to grieve and it's okay. It, just let it, let, let go. Right. And part of that's letting her go and knowing that she's in a better place. And, uh, you do know. you think that we don't give people the opportunity to show up the way that maybe they have the capacity for by not saying something like you think about the person in the grocery store in front of you who's going crazy at the person who's at the checkout line and you go I now go wow I wonder what kind of day they had or what's going on in their life for them to be so reactive and if more times than not somebody responds to them in like such severe kindness they tend to all of a sudden go I'm so sorry I did not mean to do that So if we can go into something like a work meeting, I was so frazzled this last week at this one meeting, literally words were impossible. I was not making sense. And I took a deep breath and I said, you know what? I'm so sorry. I know we're supposed to be doing this recording today for business things. I'm really struggling. This is something my mom would love. And she goes, tell me a little bit about your mom if you feel comfortable. And I just started sharing about something she would love about the situation. And immediately I kind of felt my shoulders go down. I was more emotional, but I was less frazzled. And the other person I could see was wildly uncomfortable because yeah. that they don't talk about grief. And I just said, you know, thank you for giving me that two minutes to just be able to say this. I'm ready to go. Yeah. And everything Both changed about the big. dynamic. It, it would help to have society be okay with like, it not being okay and being able to provide safe spaces for people that Mm -hmm. communicate. Yeah. So I think I'm, I'm excited going into Christmas, knowing that we have this understanding together. Our spouses have it. I'd say for the most part, the families do. I talk with Jeff more than you do about these things, but I do believe he's coming into this with a higher capacity to want to be that parental safe space how much we give him the opportunity for that is up to us. But I do see that there are some shifts and changes happening. So I'm excited for what that means for the future. I'm glad I got him for our gift exchange. Yeah, me too. It's going to be really exciting. It looks awesome. I started yeah. last night and I was like, all right. Um, I'm gonna, we can't yep. say it on here because he listens <laughs> to know. our podcast. He's going to hear it. We can't he tell is, him. <laughs> but I'm very excited. When you sent that to me, I was like, holy shit, that is awesome. Right? <laughs> it's going to be great. So I, I'm i glad that we did today's podcast. I, I know that moving forward, we're trying to be more consistent. We've had a lot of stuff going on. And you know what? The old me would have been really hard and try to make everything work. And it was like, no, 
we've had some stuff going on. This will unfold the way that it needs to. And I think it's just going to be more incredible as things start to unfold. Well, yeah, and I like coming to it with an open mind and just letting it be what it is, right? Like we're not trying to force an agenda or have a slant towards, oh, we're doing this to make money or, yeah. oh, we're coming here to to find joy and just being together and celebrating each other and and just figuring out ways we can help our community. So yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, I love it. I've been loving it. So <laughs> happy Christmas. Happy day. Merry happy New week. Year. <laughs> <laughs> happy Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, whatever else everybody celebrates. Yes. I love it. Well, right. I love you. I love you too. Have a good one. You too. Happy week. Happy week. <laughs> Bye. Hope you enjoyed the ride. Glad we didn't crash. If you have any feedback or ideas for future episodes, we'd love to hear from you on our social media. Please leave us a review on Spotify or wherever you podcast. 